Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Thanks for joining me for another Sunday solo episode. Whether it's Sunday night, you're getting ready for the week, Monday morning, you're on your way to work, or whatever day this podcast has found you, I'm really glad you're here. So in today's episode, it is part three of the Depression 101 series that I've been doing. Um, I've been getting good feedback from y'all about some of this being helpful, so I wanted to do make sure to do a few more because so far in the first one, I just kind of laid out what depression is and talked about my own experience with it. So that was part one a few episodes back. Part two was about what not to do when supporting someone with depression. I think that's really important to start to kind of say, okay, these are things that are not helpful and they're not always intuitive. So if that feels like it would be useful for you to support someone in your life, go listen to that episode. I will put these in the show notes to listen to part one and two. Today, since we did the what not to do, today is about the what to do. So you know the things that are maybe triggering or not helpful or just not really going to get you anywhere in supporting somebody dealing with depression. So if you know what not to do, what do you do? And that is what I am going to talk about today. So again, I'm using a couple of articles to guide this discussion because I think it's helpful and I'll put them in the show notes as well. One thing I wanted to start with when how to support someone with depression is learning about it. Learning about what depression is because it is a wild thing to try and wrap your mind around if you haven't experienced it. So if you are a support person in someone's life or you want to better understand what maybe a family member or a friend is dealing with, just learning a little bit about what depression actually is, which I think you're doing by listening to this episode and I appreciate that, that can be helpful in understanding how to move forward in being supportive to someone. So that's number one. Learn about what depression is. And the resources I'm sharing in the show notes, I think, will be a good place to start. So that is number one. Number two. I'm going back and forth between two lists here and kind of putting together the things I think is really useful. So listen. Listening is a lost art, and I think that it's really important to listen without going into fix-it mode, which we talked about a little bit last week. Just listening to their experience, if they're willing to share, and engaging, you know, asking for more information, validating their feelings, wow, that sounds really difficult. And just showing empathy can make someone feel like they're not alone. Help them find support. This is really crucial. So you don't have to tell them what to do. But it is nice to hear, hey, you know, 
if you need help finding support that I can't give or you're a little nervous to do that, I'll help you with that. I can do some research. If that is something you can offer, that is really, really, really important to encourage them to find support and to help them do that. Because it is intimidating at first if you've never worked with a therapist or a doctor or you need to think about medication or whatever it is or whoever you're going to talk to. It's kind of hard to know where to start, especially when you're in the thick of it. A really important one that's on this list is about taking care of yourself. This is a really good reminder for me as someone who wants to just like suck up everybody else's pain. You have to set boundaries. So when you're supporting someone who's dealing with a lot, remembering to take care of yourself in that you can't fix everything for them. So taking care of yourself is a good way to keep yourself healthy and also for them to not see you as the savior because that's not your role and that's a dangerous place to get into. Offer to help with everyday tasks. This is really, really nice. Instead of saying, let me know if there's anything I can do, which is such a good phrase, right? Like, let me know if there's anything I can do. That feels really helpful. But if you're waiting for someone with depression to reach out and ask for help, you might be waiting for a while. So what about, what do you most need help with today? Or if you, maybe you know this person really well, you know your best friends and you know that when they get into a bad place, um, cooking is the thing or like eating healthy or maybe just eating kind of falls to the wayside. So, hey, can I pick up some things from the grocery store for you today? Like maybe coming up with an example of what you could do to support them might in their mind make them realize what would be helpful. Extend loose invitations. That is another really crucial thing. When I was kind of in the thick of a really heavy kind of downward place, it was really hard to make plans. Um, And it was easier to cancel plans than to actually go. But canceling plans made me feel like a really shitty friend or a really shitty person. Um reminding someone like I'm just happy to see you when you feel like it and making sure that they don't feel bad for having to you know maybe step away from some events or some plans that you had made with them is really really nice to know someone's not going to be mad at you be patient this is a really important one there is no clear line of time Oh my gosh, otherwise known as a timeline. There is no clear timeline for when the depression is going to get better or worse. It depends on so many different factors. So if you offer to help someone and offer to support someone, don't expect that that means tomorrow everything um, is going to be back to normal. Just It's just not. Stay in touch. Um... Sending a quick text, even if you don't hear back from them, sending a quick text and just reminding them like, hey, I'm thinking about you is a really good seed to plant in their mind that you're a person to continue to reach out to. So diving a little deeper, I touched on a few of these in the last few examples from this article, but 
here are some things to actually say. So those were more of things you can do, but here are kind of pushing you to think about what you can actually say. And so the I'm here when you're ready, we touched on that. The what can I help you do today, we touched on that. Telling someone you're not alone. You are not alone. I may not understand exactly how you feel, but you're not alone. Those words are so powerful. And it sounds really corny and cheesy and also maybe like obvious. (laughs) Um, But when you aren't feeling good and you're not rationally thinking, that is a really good phrase to hear. I really loved this one too. You're important to me. When you're in a dark place, even if you inherently know you have all these amazing people in your life, it's hard to feel like you're not a burden. It's hard to feel like you're not just kind of dragging people down. So a reminder of you're important to me is really, really beautiful. Like really beautiful. And I can guarantee you they'll remember that you said that. I really liked this one too. Um, asking someone, how are you coping? So saying, wow, that that sounds like really hard. You know, if someone is telling you how they've been doing and actually discloses that they're not doing well, how are you coping? Asking that question can not only open up more of a conversation, but it might make them think about how they are coping. Maybe they haven't even really thought about that, or maybe they're really not doing anything. And that becomes apparent when you ask that question. And then you can be there for them to help brainstorm ways to cope, which is a really, really nice thing to do with someone. I think another one is just that reminder of telling someone like, I'm here when you're ready to talk about it. Because it's not always the first thing we want to disclose to someone, even our closest friends. We don't want to talk about struggling or feeling bad. So just reminding people like, yep, we don't have to talk about it right now, but you know, I'm very interested to hear about that. And when you're ready, I am here. That just extends that invitation. So if they're not ready in that space right then in that moment, they know that you're a person that you can count on you like that's someone you can go to in the future because you laid that groundwork and that's really really cool I always remember working when I was working as an advocate for survivors of sexual assault and dating violence how survivors would talk about how they remember the people that like years previously said you know I'm still here I believe you let me know when you need to talk And even though they might not have taken them up on it in that moment, they remembered those people years later as people that were safe. So if you can lay that foundation, if you are willing and healthy enough yourself to be a support person for someone who's dealing with depression, it's really great to put that out there so that foundation is made and so that that person can stand on that later on when they're feeling a little more able to. And I think overall, the most important message is just coming from a place of non-judgment. Because let me tell you, if someone is dealing with depression, they are already feeling shitty enough and judging themselves. 
I felt so terrible. I had this consciousness that I'm privileged. My life is fine. I have so many great things going for me. Like, I had all that, but there was something on this chemical level that wouldn't let me fully feel how good that feels. And I needed support in that. So even though I knew that I had a lot of things going for me, I just felt like I, I couldn't care and I couldn't appreciate them. And then that made me feel guilty. That made me feel shitty. What is wrong with me? I am so lucky. Why can't I like enjoy it and see it? And now I realize that there are factors outside of my control that made me feel that way. But I was already making myself feel guilty enough. So anything you can do to take that shame out of that is going to make that person feel so, so supported. And that is another really crucial thing to keep in mind. And I just want to remind you that these tips and these lists and these articles, they're there if you're able to support someone. Going back to that taking care of yourself and setting boundaries, remember that You can do this if you're in a place to do this. But if you're dealing with this yourself, dealing with depression and navigating that, which I'm going to talk more about how to support yourself in next week's episode, but if that's something you're doing, remember you don't have to be the savior for everybody else. Worry about getting yourself to a really stable place and then you can use what you learned to help others. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media. Whatever you can do really helps me out. If you haven't yet, get your butt over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and see what I'm up to. There's so many things over there that you can be a part of. And finally, if you haven't yet, go to my website, consciouslycarly.com, and look at the self-love reset course. I think you're really going to love it. Until next time.